So we've been doing the 40 days of the 40-day circle of prayer and sacrifice. How many of you have been enjoying that? Amen. Uh, when Jeannie was up here talking about her coffee, that was one of the things I've given up for the... I've been doing these in 10-day increments. So my plan was I was giving up coffee for 10 days. And then Debbie told me, you know, you really ought to give up coffee, you know, for the whole 40 days. <clears throat> I looked at her and I said, you don't even drink coffee. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, I've given it up for the next 10 days. And I'll make my decision at the end of that 10 days if... <laughs> You know, I'm taking it a step at a time. Everybody say a step at a time. But it's, it's been an extraordinary feeling to be meeting at 714 uh, every morning with everyone. And I, I know several of you I talked about last week have put together uh, group texts where you're texting, praying hands or something, letting everybody know that you're meeting in prayer and when we do that, one of the first things I do is I uh, quote that scripture in Second Chronicles 7 and 14 and letting God know that we've come together to humble ourselves and to turn from our wicked ways. How many of you know we all have some wicked ways? Amen. You know, let somebody cut you off in traffic and you'll find out one of your wicked ways. And so it's to be able to say, God, that we want less of us and more of you. And so today, in keeping with that, I want to preach a message to you just a little while this morning called more. Would you say that with me? More. I was talking about coffee. I went to visit Benny in the hospital, and uh, he, you know, he was anxious to be able to go home, and he leaned forward to talk to me, and he said, somebody messed up in here. For those of you that couldn't hear that, he said, somebody messed up in here. And he was being real secretive about it. And I'm thinking, well, what happened, Benny? What happened? He said, somebody brought me coffee. He said, I had two cups, and it was wonderful. They have wonderful coffee in this hospital. It's wonderful. He was going on about the coffee. I always thought the coffee was kind of bad, but I, no, I'm kidding. So he's saying it's wonderful, but he hadn't had coffee like in four or five months, I think he told me. And so he was so thrilled to have more. Everybody say more. Tomorrow we celebrate Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday, and it's a man that dreamed there could be more, that there could be more in life than division, that there could be more among people other than the color of our skin. I was so glad for the, for the Geno Project. How many of you have heard about the Geno Project? You know what I'm talking about? Which proved what I'd said all along, that there aren't a bunch of different races. They found out scientifically that there's only one race and that's the human race. Now, you may, have some you may have a different skin pigmentation than I do, but that doesn't make you any less my brother or sister. I don't care whether you're white, black, or pink polka dot. Do you understand what I'm talking about? We are uniquely one. And I can tell you who our daddy is. 
We, we may have some different mamas, but we all got the same daddy, amen? And so we are connected together. The, I, I, it's hard for me to wrap my, my mind around some of that stuff because I've, you know, when Martin Luther King made the statement, he said that he longed for the day that men are judged by their character or, or by the content of their character rather than the color of their skin. That's what God had said in his word the whole time. Do you understand that that's when, when your focus is on God, you want more for your brothers and sisters. Amen. Amen. Everybody say it with me, more. How many of you have ever eaten something that tasted so good you just had to have some more? And how many of you kept having some more until that more messed you up? You know what I'm talking about? When I was a kid, I loved root beer floats. After about a two-liter bottle of root beer and a half a gallon of ice cream, I found out why it was called a float. <laughs> you want more. And it's, this is, I guess, what my focus is going to be today is I want you to ask yourself this question, what do I want more of? Because inevitably, whatever you're getting more of is going to profoundly impact your life and your future. For example, how many of you like to watch yourself a little TV? Y'all going to have to repent. <laughs> Raise your hand if you like to watch some television. You know it. There it went. There it went. I'm not going to get into the programming because then you will have to repent. But we, we like to watch some television, right? And, and now let me push this back a little bit so those of you on the other side can see what this is. Everybody say, my Bible. So here's my question. Which one do you get more of? Which one do you spend more time with, your Bible or your television? Now, I want you, I, I want you to think about this for a second because it's not, that there's, it's not that there's inherently anything wrong with the television other than you, got, you better be careful what you're watching on television. It's not that it's wrong to watch television. It's that if you're getting more of that then you are the word of God, then this is what's going to influence you more. And so we have to begin to search our hearts and say, God, what do I want more of? How many of you are able to see what is in this bowl? Come up here a minute, honey. I want you to do, you know, like they do on Price is Right. So see, what I'm trying to do, I'm, I'm trying to enhance this broccoli for you. Because bro how many of you know that broccoli is good for you? Amen. It's, how many of you love you some broccoli? I don't know where the rest of them went. With cheese, don't you understand that broccoli in and of itself is all you need? Just little green trees that you can gnaw on. And so, but how many of you, if I mess up with this, I'm in trouble. How many of you like you some chocolate cake? 
This isn't just ordinary chocolate cake. This is Hershey's chocolate cake. This is, that almost sounds like the Price is Right crowd, doesn't it? This, this is, so the question is, is which do you want more? Do you, what? If you want the broccoli more, stand up. Okay? You like the broccoli more? More than the cake. Really? Okay. If you could have either one, you'd prefer the broccoli. Okay, you can, you can sit down. Now, how many of you would rather have the cake stand up? Well, this ain't going to work out at all, folks. Because I was getting ready to give somebody the broccoli and somebody else the cake. Thank you, Vanna. I mean, Debbie. Okay. Which one is better for you? So we know, now there's some of you in here that have it together because you like broccoli more than you like chocolate cake. I think we do have a doctor in the house and we can have you all checked out later. But when you, when you, I mean, normally, how many of you have a favorite dessert? What's your favorite dessert right there? Cake, is that your wife? Banana pudding. Do you like broccoli better than banana pudding? You do. Man. I'm so glad you're in this congregation to help balance us out. Okay, so here we go. We know what's better for us, but sometimes choosing what's better isn't always easy. I mean, I know that when, when my dad put green peas on my plate as a child. Maybe that's what I should have brought out was a can of green peas. When my dad put green peas on my plate as a child and, you know, we, we weren't, you know, it was, it was trick-or-treat time and he told me, he said, you're not going trick-or-treating until you eat these green peas. And I looked at those green peas and those things looked like they were as big as softballs, each one of them, man. I mean, they were. And so what I did is I had this figured out. There, I had four brothers and sisters, and I looked at them and I said, guys, if you'll each just take one spoonful of these and eat them, then I can go trick-or-treating. That's exactly what they did. Just laughed at me. They, they... I'm thinking, come on, help your brother out. They, they weren't buying into it. And I knew that the green peas were better for me than the candy that I was longing for. Amen. Yeah, you, you didn't eat my green peas either. <laughs> but just because I know it doesn't mean that it's an automatic that I'm going to do it. So we have to make a determination on more. Those of you that love broccoli, you see me after service, and I'll get you the, your heart's desire up here. The chocolate cake is going with me. No, I'm kidding. It'll be, it'll be in the, the uh, coffee shop, and that can sell it for $10 a piece. There's a lot of people out here that love chocolate cake. No, she'll have it out there. So... 
we, it's not that chocolate cake is bad in and of itself or that television is bad in and of itself. It's just that if that's your main course, then you're in trouble. So in Psalms 34 and 8, it says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Everybody say, taste and see. Now, I've got some great news for you because you don't have to worry about getting too much God. I mean, when you taste something and it's good, how many of you have ever gone to a buffet before? Hold your hand up if you've ever gone to a buffet. When, when you've gone to the buffet, how many of you have had the attitude, I'm going to get my money's worth? I'm going to, I'm going to get my money's worth. There was a guy in Texas, a true story, a guy in Texas, they had a seafood buffet. This guy came in twice. When he came in the third time, they met him at the door. They gave him the money he would have paid for the buffet. And he said, you can't come here anymore. You cost too much. He was eating so much seafood that they, they were losing a ton of money on him, so they just gave him the price of the buffet and turned him away. Now, I don't know how much he was eating, but for you to get turned away from a buffet, you packing away some groceries, folks. And so he is, he, he, we struggle with wanting more. Sometimes it's not even that I'm hungry for it, it's I'm sure I want to get my money's worth. Amen. Isn't it odd that if you go to a buffet, you seldom ever just get one plate. But if you go anyplace else, that's all they're going to give you. They give you a plate. When you get done, they don't come around and say, would you like another round? Would you? It's, it's done. That's, that's what it is. It's just there. The Scripture said, taste and see that the Lord is good. And it just makes me wonder how, how many of us go to Sam's? Anybody ever been at Sam's? You know what I'm talking about? And when you go to Sam's, what do they do at Sam's? They have samples. How many of you have ever taken a sample of something you know you're not going to buy? I mean, you've got no plan on buying it, but it's free and you just want to taste it. How many of you have ever went and tasted something at Sam's that you knew you weren't going to buy, but then after you tasted it, you ended up getting it? They know what they're doing. There's a reason they're giving that away. I was in Walmart last night picking up some groceries and odds and ends, and I went up to the, uh, no, not to check out the, Thank you. How, were you there? And, and so I went, I went up to the deli and there was that, they had that hot food out there. And when I looked in, I was looking at something that looked like it had like white dust on it and it had green in it. And I looked at the lady, I said, what, what is that? She said, what? I said, that's stuff that's green. What is that? And she said, oh, those are ranch chicken wings. I mean, it had like green 
you know, stuff in it. And she said, that's like a ranch flavoring that they put on it. I said, really? She said, yeah. She said, it's really good. They, they sell a lot of them or we sell a lot of them. And I said, okay. I said, let me have one. I'm not committing to a bag full of wings until I taste it. And so she she, she got one out, and, and I said, no, well, how do you, because she put it in a little plastic cup. I said, how do I pay for this? And she said, oh, we're allowed to sample back here, so just go ahead. So I took a chicken, you know, chicken wings isn't something you want to eat in front of everybody, you know. So I, 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 I took and I, I bit into it and started walking around the store, you know, trying to hide. And, you know, and, and, and I thought, man, that, that is pretty good. And I, I went back to her, and I said, man, I said, that is good. She said, yeah, right, you know. And, and, but I didn't buy any more. Because one was enough. You see, there's something about God that he knows if you ever try him, you're never going to be able to be shun of him. If you ever taste and see that the Lord is good, no matter whether you walk away from God or not, you'll always have the recollection that there's a good God, that there's a God that cares about me, that there's a God that loves me. You can try and put him out of your mind. You can try and push him out of your life, but his presence will always haunt you. He'll always be there beckoning you. That's why Jesus said, whosoever will, let him come. Because he knows once you taste, he's got you more. And so the psalmist says to us in Psalms 19, 9 and 10, listen to this. The fear or the reverence of the Lord is clean or pure, enduring forever. The judgments, everybody say judgment. When you hear the word judgment, doesn't that just kind of make you cringe a little bit, you know, because we connect that with something negative. Listen to what the scripture said about it. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they. Everybody say it with me. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. How many of you have ever felt like you've been done wrong? How many of you ever felt like that, you know, somebody took advantage of you or, or somebody, you know, uh, besmirched your name or, or did something to you and you just could not get any satisfaction from it. The psalmist is telling you, you need to understand something, uh, that the judgments of the Lord uh, are true uh, and they are altogether righteous uh, and they're to be desired more than gold. When's the last time you desired judgment? And here's God's judgment call. He said, come, let's reason together. Though your sin be as scarlet, I'll make it white as snow. All together righteous. The devil will try and wave something up in your face and say, hold on, man. We, I know where you've been. I know what you've been. And here it is right here. But God steps in. Uh, and through Christ, friend, uh, we have found an altogether righteous and true judgment uh, that he's saying, they may have been that way, uh, but I'm filling in the gap now. Uh, I'm making up the hedge. Uh, and they're not that way anymore. Amen. I need more of that. Everybody say it with me. I want more of him. Jesus understood something about 
have you, have you ever seen somebody take for granted what they have? Did you ever, did you ever go to help someone and, and then the help that you go to give them, it's almost like they look at you like you owed that to them? But when, when, when you see people that are appreciative of help, what's that make you want to do? Help more, right? Everybody say more. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get this more in your head. It's, when, when you're appreciative of it, it makes, it makes people want to help you more. And so listen to what Jesus gives in a parable. This is found in Luke 14. I'll tell you what, I'm not going to read the whole parable. Let me just tell it to you. He talks about a man that throws this great feast, and he, he said he, puts the, he, he makes all this preparation and gets everything ready, and he invites guests. And then when he tells them, hey, man, soup's on, or, 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 or it's on the table. Come on in. It's ready for you. That the servants went out and people started making excuses. One of them said, well, you know, I can't go. I've just got some new land and I need to work it. And another one talked about, well, I've, I've got some new oxen and, and I need to, you know, I need to work them. I need to, you know, get them behind the plow and get them. And another guy looked at him and said, you know, well, I just got married. You know, I can't come. <laughs> and they went back and told the master of the feast the one that prepared it. Understand what this parable is about. This parable is about the great wedding feast that we've been invited to and the cost of putting that feast on is the blood of the lamb. And when these people made excuse and said they can't come, it said that the master or the one that had thrown that feast grew very angry. I mean, think about it. If your son had just laid down his life and the people that he did it for didn't even appreciate it, wouldn't it make you a little upset? And so listen to what he said. He said, I want you to go out and I want you to invite the poor, the cripple, the blind, and the lame. He said, you go down the streets and in the alleys. And I want you to find those people that everyone has written off. I want you to find those people that feel like they're not loved, that they're not valued, that they're not cared for, and that they don't matter. And I want you to let them know that there's somebody that cares for them, there's somebody that loves them, and there's somebody that values them, and tell them I have got a spread laid out, and all they've got to do is show up. And so here they came. Everybody started showing up, and they said, Master, we've invited, and they're coming, but it's still not full and he said then you go into the countryside and you invite those people that look like they're from the other side of the track and you invite the people that aren't the up and coming you invite everybody that everybody else laughs at and let them know that at my house they've got a place at my table I want more of that that's what Martin Luther longed for where I could be judged by the content of my character and not everything else that's connected to me.
Not the color of my skin. Not the way I part my hair. Not the car I drive. Not the home I live in. Not the way I speak. Not the way I look. I've done everything I can to help myself. And it just still keeps coming out like this, Nanny. That's not who we are. Who we are was given, our value was given to us when God breathed into us. Oh, I know that I'm just some clay and dust and dirt on the outside. But on the inside, I carry the breath of God. I want more of that. Here's, here's the catch, though. A lot of us don't even get it. A lot of us, we walk through life and we don't understand our own value and our own worth. And we don't know the investment that God has put in us. His own breath. So, he said, you, you go and invite all these people because none of those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. Here it comes. They're not even going to get the smallest taste. Because if they would have take, taken time to taste, they would have seen that the Lord is good. Amen. How many of you have tried to share God with someone, tried to share Christ with someone, and they throw those defenses up? They, I, no, I, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. It's because they know that if they taste, they're hooked. I was doing a revival in Texas one time, and we, we were having a, a big move of God, and man, there were people laid out all over the floor, and there was a guy in the back. And if you don't understand laid out all over the floor, I'm talking about that the Spirit of God had overcome people to the point that they just couldn't stand up any longer. People always, you know, people look at that and they say, I don't know about that. My whole question is this, man, do you really believe that the God that created this earth, if he touches you, do you believe that nothing's going to happen to you? I mean, that's not the God I serve. I mean, you may weep, you may cry, you may fall in the floor, but something's going to happen. And so there was a guy in the back, a big old burly guy, and he looked at his dad and he said, that's just a bunch of junk up there. And his daddy said, well, go up there and let him pray for you. And he said, come on, you're not afraid. Go up there and let him pray for you. And so he looked at his dad and he said, okay. He said, I'm going to go up there and let him pray for me. And he said, if he tries to push me down, I'm going to knock his head off. I didn't have a clue this stuff is going on. I'm up there thinking everybody loves Jesus and everybody loves me. <laughs> I didn't know someone was getting ready to knock my block off. And all of a sudden, he came up front. Well, when he came up front, I went out to meet him because I thought he was sincere. And, and he raised his hands up. All I did, folks, all I did was touch him. It wasn't my touch that put him in the floor. It was the touch of God. And that boy hit the floor, and when the service was over, he went back and told his daddy, I'll tell you one thing, this is real. Do you understand? When you taste, you see that the Lord is good. I've talked to people about it before, and I said, well, well why don't you, you know, because, well, I don't believe in that. I don't. And I said, well, just come on up and be prayed for. Uh-uh. Get me to taste that stuff. I know once I taste it, I'm hooked. 
It's amazing what we can get hooked on, isn't it? Peppermint ice cream. Palm Mall. Mar Barrel Country. There are people even smoking grass. Can you believe that? I mean, I cut it all the time, but get hung up on it. I don't, that, that's not what the more in me cries out for. And listen to this. Listen to the psalmist in Psalms 42, 1 and 2. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? When the reality of God becomes real to us, there's a longing in our heart for more of him. I just want you, God. I just need you, God. When you long for him and you desire him, the Bible said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. These things are to be more desired than gold and than honey. The psalmist writes, with a craving and a longing in his heart. Job said it this way. He, remember, Job's going through some stuff, folks. But in spite of everything that Job was going through, listen to what he said, because sometimes the first time we go through something, we're ready to throw our hands up and walk away. Well, man, if God don't love me anymore than that, I'm just, you know. Don't you ever question the love of God. That was settled once and for all at Calvary's cross. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Do you understand? There is no question whether or not God loves you. The devil will try and infiltrate your thoughts and your mind and try and get you to believe that he doesn't. But he's already proven it. But here Job, after all that Job had gone through, listen to what he says. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured, everybody say that with me, treasured. I have treasured the words of his mouth more, treasured more than my necessary food. When I want him more than I want chocolate cake. When I want him more than I want a bowl of broccoli. When I want him more than anything else. What we want more of has a tremendous impact on our life. Just ask Samson. When you study Samson's life, it's almost like Samson is kind of just messing around with what God has given him. And he's not really committed to it until what he had taken for granted was taken away. His strength and his sight. This guy was supposed to, was ordained to be a deliverer, but he does not go out 
to deliver. He's hanging out around some hookers' houses and gets messed up with Delilah. And then he ends up losing the very thing that God had called him for. He lost his strength and he lost his sight. Let me tell you something about God. When you blow it and walk away from God, he still doesn't walk away from you. He still doesn't walk away from you. And so Samson in prison begins to come to himself and he desires something more than what he'd had before. He began to pray, God, strengthen me one more time. Let me feel your spirit flow through my veins. Let me feel you quicken this body one more time. Give me the strength that I took for granted so long. Lord, so I can be avenged of mine enemy. The Bible said that even when he was in prison, his hair continued to grow. God has not cut you off. God has not written you off. God is just waiting for you to come to the understanding that I need him more than I need anything else. David understood something about needing God more. This is a man that's after God's own heart, but he gets his heart messed up. How many of you have ever had a mess up in your life? You know what I'm talking about? Just if you can't wave your hand, point your finger at somebody. Isn't it odd? Because it's a lot easier for us to acknowledge somebody else's mess up than it is for us to recognize our own. Did you ever say something you wished you hadn't said, did something you wished you hadn't done? And then if you're not careful, you let the devil beat you up with that the rest of your life. When kings went to war, David stayed home. That was his mess up. He stayed home when he should have been at war. When we ought to be praying and when we ought to be reading, when we ought to be asking God, sometimes distractions happen. He didn't go out on the roof that day looking around to see if he could find some woman half naked. But I promise you, the devil sees the opportunity. And then David finds himself in a mess. It's David praying, oh God, please don't take the kingdom away from me. God, I, 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 you know, I, I still got to be king. That's what Saul did. Oh, well, come, come, God, honor me in front of all the people. No, because David knew God, and David was missing something in his heart. Amen. He was longing for something in his mind. Amen. 
And he begins to say in Psalms 51, that whole chapter is dedicated to David's prayer. Listen to what he says in verse 7. Purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. He's not trying to kill the prophet that pointed out his transgression. He's asking God to forgive him. He's asking God to rescue him. He's asking God to wash him because he knows he can't clean up himself. We can't change ourselves. We've got to have God change us. David cries out in verse 8, Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you've broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. What's he saying? You show me mercy and I'm going to show everybody else the mercy that I obtained from you. You do this for me, God. And everywhere I go, I'll tell people about this great God that I serve, his loving kindness and his mercy that is new every morning. Somebody say it with me, more. We know what it is to want more, don't we? Even our granddaughter knows what it is to want more. Her name is Vivian. Vivian is the cutest little girl you ever saw outside of your own, I know. Vivian, I, we, I was going to put a picture up, but I didn't want anybody to covet my grandchild. So, <laughs> Vivian, the other day she was, Debbie was at the house and Rachel had given her some peanut butter and she, that girl loves her some peanut butter. And she, she had that peanut butter and then Rachel brought out the chicken for her to eat. Peanut butter. Peanut butter. It sticks to her tongue. So she's peanut butter. And she's doing this because they taught her more. That's a signal for more. She's going, more, more, more peanut butter. Mama wouldn't give it. Daddy, more peanut butter. Nana. Nana, Debbie said, oh, my goodness, this is about to rip me apart. I was thinking, I thought, buddy, if I'd been there, I'd went and got her a truckload of peanut butter. <laughs> peanut butter. More peanut butter. Daddy reached for the jar. Mama said, Daddy, uh, I wouldn't do that if you told her. No. He said, I'm going to fix it. He said, I've got a solution for it. So he unscrewed the peanut butter lid, took out a knife, and spread the peanut butter all over the chicken. That girl ate every last piece of that chicken. Amen. Well, I want to see you tie something spiritual out of that, Pastor. Psalms 37, 4 and 5, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Everybody say, Daddy knows how to make it happen. 
I'm telling you that when you give it to daddy, when you take it to him, he knows how to make it happen. The scripture tells us that, but, okay, so here's the question then, because then we say, well, I took it to God. I told God I wanted a Rolls Royce. I let God know the desire of my heart that I, I well, I'm not going to get into all that. But, but when the desires of our heart are wrong, we can find ourselves asking for the wrong things. I remember talking to an individual that, and, you know, she was trying to navigate a relationship and, you know, and she said, all I want is my, you know, my children to trust me. I just want my children to trust me. And I said, sometimes we can't trust ourselves. Anybody ever been there? Go ahead, send your 18-year-old daughter to the movies with some boy that you don't know. Why would you? That's like putting your girl in a pool with a crocodile. Well, you don't know him. That's my point. If I don't know him, she ain't going. We were very lenient with our daughter. We told her she could get married as soon as she turned 30. No, she turned 18. She had to wait till she was 18 because Debbie, never mind how old she was. <laughs> but you understand, you don't want a situation where somebody's having to marry. You want a situation where they get to marry. Everybody say, I get to. Our wedding was not a shotgun wedding. We wanted to marry each other. She had to get her parents' permission. I didn't. But it's been the best how many years of our lives? How many? 38. And we've been married 38 years, right? I wanted to make sure that they were all good. I think she said we've been married 40. We haven't been married. Oh, we've known each other 40 years. Back when I was two <laughs> listen to James. Listen to what James says. That now, now this, this, this goes to the point that when the desire of our heart's wrong, we end up asking for wrong things. Listen to what James says. You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what gives you pleasure. Mm. Sometimes you just can't trust yourself. Here's the good news. You can always trust God. Amen. You can always trust God. So if we seek him above everything else, he promised that we'll get things added to us. Amen. Matthew 6, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Would you stand with me? I want to ask you a question. Not a trick question. How many of you want more of God than you've got right now? 
than, than you're experiencing right now. You know what I'm talking about more? Now, it's, I'm, not, you know, I'm not trying to play games with you and trap you in something. Some, some of you may be satisfied with the relationship you have with God, and that's, that's well and good. I'm not picking that apart. But if you're hungry for more, you can have more. If you want more of God, you can have more of God. There are no ill effects of having more of God. I've heard people say, well, I really want to have a relationship with God. You know, my boyfriend or my girlfriend or my husband or my wife, they don't want anything to do with it. You, if it's a boyfriend or girlfriend, get rid of them. If it's a husband or wife, pray that God save them and go ahead and get more of God anyway. Because the more you get a God, the sooner they're going to come to him. I had a friend, he, he didn't want anything to do with God. His wife went, went to church faithfully. He didn't want anything to do with God. He got mad at her for going to church all the time. He played poker every, I think it was every Wednesday night. She'd pop popcorn for him, you know, make iced tea and, you know, kiss him and say, I hope you win and go on to church. And then he, he got so aggravated, he said, why don't you just pack your bags and move in down there? You're down there all the time anyway. Just pack your bags and move in down there. She just kept loving him and kept loving God and asking God to save him. He was a contractor. His back went out. and He couldn't make a living if he couldn't move. So he came to church because he did believe God could heal him. He went to church and he lined God out when he got there. He said, now God, all I'm here for is I need to get my back healed. I don't have to, and I, he said, he told God, he said, I don't have to, you know, do all that. I don't have to do any of that speaking in tongue stuff. And I don't have to roll around on the floor to get my back healed. I don't know what his experience with God had been, but I would say that it was probably more than he let on. So he came up to the front, and before any of us could get out there to pray for him, God is my witness, this guy fell on the floor, started rolling around and speaking in tongues. And I thought to myself, you better never tell God what you're not going to do. <laughs> when he got up, when he got up, he tried to call his sister and explain to her what had happened to him. He couldn't speak in English long enough to tell her. I'm just telling you, there's a whole lot more to God. I only get to live life one time here. I've often asked myself the question and I've pondered, God, if, if I were able at some juncture in my life, if I were able to surrender myself totally and completely to you, what, what could you do in me? I haven't found that answer yet. Because I'll be the first one to tell you that I know I haven't come to that point where I've totally and completely. Oh, there are moments 
But I understand that as long as I'm in this flesh, I have this flesh to contend with. But if I want more of him, here's the good news. He wants us to have more. The whole purpose behind the parable that Jesus spoke was to let us know how much God desires to be in our life. Sometimes we make the mistake of living our life and trying to fit God into it instead of serving God and letting God fit our life around it. So as they come in to saying, I, I'm going to ask you something today. If you want more, I want you either to move to the front or if you can't move to the front, I, I'm going to ask you in a moment just to stretch your hands to heaven. But I'm determined that we as a church are going to allow God to flow through us. Are you ready for that? Say, sing this song, would you come right now? Very quickly, very quickly. Just come. Run to the Father, I fall into grace. I'm done with the hiding, no reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend. So I run to the Father again and again. I run to the Father, I fall into grace. I'm done with the hiding, no reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs Those of you that are in the back and you want more, just stretch your hands if you would. I, I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying. Because when we're asking for more of God, we're not asking for our own pleasure, even though when God shows up, man, it makes us feel good, right? When we get more of God, it should show up outside of these four walls. It should show up in our conversations with others so that you have an impact in other people's lives before you ever get them to this building. That God will use you in the middle of a Walmart or in the middle of a Kmart or, or in the middle of a grocery store or in the middle of a ball game or wherever you're at, God will use you. And I promise you, there are hurting people all around you that you're not even aware of. And they want more. They want more peace. They want more hope. They want more to get up for in the morning. And you're carrying that more with you. Are you ready? Stretch those hands. Maybe you would just kind of lift them up like a cup so God can fill you up today. I love you, Father. God, we just praise you. 
No reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon. My soul needs a friend. So I run to the Father again and again. And I run to the All right, Father. come on, let's pray it. Here I am, God. I'm done with the hiding. Fill me up. No reason to wait. I want more. My heart needs a I want more of you. My soul needs a friend. So I run to the Father again and again and again. Change my life, God, and use me as an instrument to change the lives of others. Fill me up until I overflow with your presence so that I can pour that out on those that I'm around. God, I give you praise for it right now. I know you're doing it for me right now. I declare it is done. I extend my hand and my faith, and I say, more, Lord, more. I give you praise for it right now. More of your spirit, more of your word, more of your love in my life. I praise you for it in Jesus' name. As you're loving him, as you're loving him and letting him fill you, I want you just to reach out and get somebody by the hand. Because the Bible said one can put a thousand to flight and two ten thousand. So check this out. Now if if it's if I'm if it's running through me and all of a sudden I touch you, then it starts going through you. And then you touch someone and it's going through them. Do you understand how powerful the source is that we're drawing from? GM tried to harness, I'm sorry, GE tried to harness a lightning bolt. They were going to convert it, but it blew the plant up they built to try and harness it. They couldn't harness that. We can't harness God, but we can let him flow through us. Come on, stretch those hands to heaven. Father, I thank you for it right now. God, that you're flowing through us in Jesus' name. God, that you're filling us, God, with your spirit. Lord, you're igniting a fire in our hearts. Lord, you're running into your arms. God, you're using us right now. Right now. I feel his rest taking my chest. promise but I got to leave this with you I got this came to me while I was praying for people I thought about what do you think they thought when they brought Samson back out blind and he seemed whipped and defeated 
And sometimes that's where we've been. We've been backed in a corner, feel like somebody's gouged out all our hope, taken our vision, taken our dreams, and we feel pushed back. And then all of a sudden, Samson felt something when he put his hand on that column and he taken it by faith. He, that, that boy, he just told that boy, he said, let me rest my hand on the pillar that holds this building up. I'm not sure if God's going to do this or not. I just want to get myself in the right position that if he decides to use me, I'm ready for him to use me. He put his hand on that pillar. And all of a sudden, Lisa, he felt something go through him that he hadn't felt in a while. And as he felt the power of God go through his body, he knew that his victory today would be greater than any victory he'd had in his entire life. Glory to God. When all of a sudden God put him back on his throne, he was ready to lay it all down. He was ready to tell him, God, you can have the crown, you can have the throne, I just need you. God put him back in that position. When he did, David secured the kingdom by following after God for the rest of his life. Folks, we're not going to get through life without getting off track or without falling from time to time. But you need to remember this. A fall is not final unless you just refuse to get up. Turn around, look at your neighbor and say, I'm getting up. <laughs> I'm getting up. You better, you better give me some room because I'm getting up. Come on, turn around, look at your neighbor one more time and say, I feel it. Come on, you got to do that. I'm going to let you go if you do this, okay? As long as you do this with me, go, I feel it. Some of you aren't doing it yet. Come on now. When you were in the world, you were doing that. I feel it. I feel the power and the presence of God filling us up in this place. Come on and give Him praise in this house. Yes. May God go with you. Smile on you ignites you with his fire in his presence may you walk in the purpose and the plan that God has ordained for your life in the name of Jesus amen go dismiss
world turns its back and it feels like the end, oh Lord, you are more than enough. 